Hey y'all, welcome back to Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis, the podcast where pop culture and ABA meet. Let's talk about Jess Hilarious. So what's going on? Because I'm pissed. Okay, give me the background. Jess Hilarious, for those of you who do not know, is a black comedian, if you can call her that. And she just went on a social media rant talking about, um, like, as a, I guess, response to a black trans woman. And in her rant going off on this trans woman, she was essentially saying we like real women like fuck Mm. that cis shit we real women you know the ones who have periods and we cramp and we bleed and we will we like just really like separating her as a cis black woman from this trans woman ironically enough as a comedian it feels like you know when you're on like your a game you should be able to like go off on somebody like cap on somebody without actually insulting their identity in this case without being transphobic right now if you remember a little bit ago she was on the breakfast club with the laverne cox her and laverne are like talking very candidly about you know their experiences having to be called out or called in from their own community due to being in this case um, or in that case, rather, transphobic, homophobic, et cetera. Anti-black, yeah. I don't know how that has not generalized, or or I feel like I do know, but I'm sure we'll get there. But what I really want to talk about <laughs> is black, like cis black women jumping on this transphobic, like, rampage specifically being so triggered by this idea of being cis. And what blows my mind is that with any other indicator, no one has these issues. In fact, people love being separate, right? So I don't know a straight person today that if you call them homo anything, besides phobic probably, where they wouldn't want that distinction. If a white woman was talking to me about her experiences and she only said, oh, I don't see color though, like I'm just a woman, I would correct that immediately because there is a distinction, there is a difference. What is it when it comes to this conversation with cis black women that is so triggering for black women? I think it has to do with one, the struggle Olympics, and then two, uh, the power struggle. Mm. So like, if we think about collectively, how much we think we have and how much we think we're worth, mm. and we feel like someone is taking that away, like is this someone is taking my womanhood away from me yeah. personally. They are devaluing my womanhood yeah. by claiming to be a woman, yeah. which I just don't, I don't understand. 
What is so interesting too is when you ask people like what is a woman and like being so tied to their womanhood, like what does that mean? I feel it's like It's so funny because nobody no, can no describe physical, it. But physical traits are not gonna be the first thing that comes up. True. True. What's it gonna be? Resilience. Yeah. Nurturing. Strength. Compassionate. Yeah. And all these other things. Yeah. But if you say, Okay, well, that trans woman right there is all yeah. of those things. Then all of a sudden, the power struggle kicks in. Oh, well, she doesn't bleed. Well, she doesn't as though that's all we're worth. Yeah. And I just don't. If my next door neighbor is a trans woman, that literally takes nothing away from me as a woman. I don't, I don't, I, I just don't. It's just very, I'm, I'm in this group chat, um, with some other black BCBAs and one of the, things that I was explaining to them following um, a Baba incident that happened at Baba where someone at Baba, um, like a homophobic remark was made towards them. Um, And they came up to me and talked to me about it. I don't typically, as you know, like I don't do the whole mixed company thing. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to my lesbian identity, I typically do not talk about my experiences with like my straight friends um and not because like they're not people like anybody personally in my life like I don't have to have these kind of conversations with like we just we don't have to not that we can't but you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I feel like at a basic level like we just don't have to have these conversations which is very comforting and which is why it's like a requirement of mine but I think one of the reasons why I don't have these conversations is because what typically comes up for me at the root of it is just this deep sadness, like this deep, like penetrating Truly. sadness yeah. that like to be black and other, whatever that other may be, whether it's queer, whether it's, you know, trans, whether it's like having a disability, like what, like it's just to be black and other is so just depressing mm-hmm. and dangerous mm-hmm. and just scary yet so liberating and mm-hmm. beautiful and all these things. I think one time you were saying that it's such a conscious experience. Yes. And then when you tie in all of the others, these intersections, yeah. it just becomes more and more of a conscious thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it more depressing. That gives you more anxiety that you feel more isolated. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And you just feel like there isn't a safe space to, there's not a safe space to be black and gay. Yes. There's, you can, I can be gay in a safe space, but I can't be black in yeah. that gay space. Yeah. I can be black, I mean, safe in a black space, but I can't be gay in this, in this black space. And it's just yeah. so, it's isolating. Mm-hmm. Truly. Um, one of the things that's really I find myself doing specifically within the intersection of like blackness and especially like with heterosexuality is really like thanking people for for like showing up and for like being aware or for creating these safe spaces in ways that like at this stage of my life I would never thank a white person for example mm-hmm. for doing those same things yeah. so an example of that is um there is a black group for black women in in ABA and there's an upcoming event and as I was like looking through the website 
for it to specifically say on there like this is an lgbt not only friendly but like a farming place like mm-hmm. we don't play that shit for them to like explicitly put that literally the first thing i immediately did was like screenshot it to both of the people who are over it just thanking them yeah and because it really is like still such a revolutionary thing yeah. i think for black spaces to have um that and, like and not just in 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 affirming yes is the key thing yes yeah because that says to me i'm safe in this environment mm-hmm. what does safety for your personal like circle or even maybe professional circle whichever whatever your like circle is that you want to refer to what does that kind of look like from the people in your circle or in your environment it's one the affirmation in the event that like you know we end up somewhere and and it's real binary or yeah (laughs) real straight the affirmation and then two just understanding that like I'm just I'm just regular. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a, a regular person. We don't have to make a thing out of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Are there ever those moments where you do need it to be a thing? Because I know, like you and I have kind of talked about this. I think I struggle with that a little bit more, and I I'm wondering if it's because I'm more like feminine presenting. I think I needed to be a thing in instances of misunderstandings mm. or in instances where um, so, like a something homophobic comes up or something transphobic comes up and I need that group or that friend to, to understand why this is transphobic or why mm. this is homophobic. I think in those instances, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I need it to be a thing just in these times where like I think because of my presentation not that we should ever 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 uh, like huge caveat or disclaimer we for, should for you guys for femme presenting um lesbians it's it's easy to minimize your identity that and, that, that's and not part. that we should ever 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 like assume someone's like sexual orientation by like their presentation so I want to be very clear about that because just because someone's mass presenting like news flash they could also be straight or, exactly. or whatever exactly but um I know for me like I just want people I, w- I want people to just be like more inclusive and more mindful absent of me and like absent of needing to know like anything about me yeah so I know like one of the conversations I have with people all the time and even now I intentionally use it is like spouse yeah. like or just kind of adopting like certain just neutral language so no one like has to out themselves yeah um but I don't I can't think of I'm trying to think of another way where I'm like no like my sexuality like I do need it to be a thing I'm or when it's minimized if yeah. somebody's like yeah. oh your husband your your <laughs> is this your friend is this your sister this oh, is your yeah. you're like absolutely not I know you heard me say wife three times already literally you know so I think in those situations yes um have you heard about this happened I believe last week the woman that was murdered due to this assumption that she was trans Mm -hmm. and it was actually a cis woman Mm -hmm. when you heard about that like what are some of the things that kind of came up for you 
the media and fear mongering. Mm. Like, can you expand on that? Um, I think it's not only that the media and fear mongering, I think that contributes to the idea that um, trans people are predators, are pedophiles, are, um, I forgot the other word that I was thinking of. Was that so the reason that, why she was murdered? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just talking about the, um, the generalization. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay. So, um, I think it's that one. And then two within the black community specifically is the, um, the fact that for men, their masculinity is mm. tied to their orientation. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that that really plants some deep-seated hatred and fear and um, anxiety for them to, even if they're completely straight, to be able to express or identify with the softer sides of themselves um, or that feminine energy. And I think those between fear-mongering yeah. And the things that we've been taught about masculinity and femi- femininity. Yeah. Those are the things that came up for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that goes back to like just not being able to just be like as a black person, period. Truly. And not have assumptions made. Yeah. Somebody yeah. not uh, being fearful of you or making ridiculous um, st- assumptions or, or stereotypes. Yeah. You, you just you you can't you can't just be one of the things that I was thinking of when I heard about that is one it just reinforces the fact of what we already know right that black trans women are just in danger period yes and that for all of us cis people we have a responsibility to protect them and to change that but one of the main things that I couldn't help but to like recall is like how literally from the times of slavery Listen. as black women our appearance has been so deeply like torn apart mm-hmm. and like commented on mm-hmm. and And it's almost kind of one of those things where, and I hate to talk about this, but I think it needs to be said. This whole like passability politics is something that is so dangerous. It's so incredibly like messed up that like. What do you mean? This idea that you have to pass as whatever, number one, in order to be quantified as whatever. So when I Mm -hmm. think about like Caitlyn Jenner, she's like a really good example of like in certain people's minds because she does not quote unquote look like a woman whatever that may look like Mm -hmm. that's like everybody's like running joke about her and Mm -hmm. it's so rooted in just the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and misogyny Mm -hmm. for us when we do this it's so rooted in white supremacy Mm -hmm. but when I just think about us as a black woman like it makes me think of like Venus and Serena like when they were growing up the way the media would absolutely tear them and their features apart and like things like that where I'm like it it just it blows my mind that like so many cis black women aren't understanding Mm -hmm. that like 
all of this anti-trans like legislative legislation and all that stuff like it's come it's fucking us too mm-hmm. like and sh- that woman god rest her soul will not be the first person murdered mm-hmm. under the presumption that they're trans and it's like we've got to talk about that like we've got to understand like like our our butch or like mass like stud like lesbians like they are not trying to be a man like that. they are not like it's and it's so like our 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 quote-unquote feminine and quote-unquote flamboyant like gay men like they're not trying to be women like right. we've really got it like these are these are truly authentic yes. subsets yes <laughs> of not only the black community but the black gay community and like it's it's like i was just telling somebody this the other day like because i think there's like this this big thing right now where especially in at least my professional spaces where they're like we've got to have the uncomfortable conversations like we don't have to agree on everything but I can still be and for me like we can no longer disagree on certain things because it's as serious as somebody being murdered right it is as serious as someone like committing suicide like it's really really deep and it, it makes me sit in my privilege right of being a feminine presenting person and what that means right like how can I leverage that privilege it makes me so fearful of anyone or for anyone rather that's like left of center Mm -hmm. because like it literally is dangerous you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and it's like why like like just hilarious with her big ass platform Mm -hmm spewed so much vitriol over a period that newsflash not all (laughs) cis women can't have don't have whatever right instead of like using that privilege to actually talk about like these real things so here we are in this little ass podcast where I just randomly start recording because I'm so angry right and I'm so and it's like like I don't even know kind of where to go from this. You know what I mean? Like, it's sick. It's hard to be the voice in (laughs) a room. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the small voice in the room of of the majority in there. It's very hard. We're just drowned out, I think. It's very lonely. Cause like there's, I feel like, and I wonder if you feel this way, like, like these days I'll actually have this conversation. I'm in another group chat and you know, like all different kind of memes or all these different videos that are supposed to be funny. Like we'll just send them back and forth. And these days I'm like, that's not even funny. Like that's fat phobic. Yeah. That's not even funny that, and I'm like, I know that to them, <laughs> this is probably so aversive. And I know that like, I feel like to, to people, especially with the way the media works, there is this idea of like, why can't we just like, like, why are people so sensitive? Like, why can't we just, but I'm like, you guys, like, it really, like, this isn't funny. Right. Like, this is not okay, especially because if you think about why it's actually even funny and like, why is it funny? This is like, fat person is like, 
falling down right. off a jet ski. Right. Would it still be funny if it's a straight person? And if your first inclination is, or yeah. a straight person, a skinny person, and if your first inclination is to say yes, like be fucking for real. Or if your first inclination is to make a joke about their weight, yeah, rather like, than just <laughs> it being funny that somebody falls off a jet ski. It's just then, so strange. Yeah. It's sick. It's It's really sick. Okay, well, this is about to be a 20-minute podcast. I just needed to get that out. Like, I'm... Because I'm just... I'm so mad. Like, I'm so... I'm so mad. And I think one of the things that... Did you watch that clip that I sent you um, last night about what LBJ LBJ said about the lowest um, white man? Or I think it can generalize to pretty much the lowest man, period. Ooh, no. Can you pull that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. All right, we will be right back as you're pulling that in. Okay, so we're back. So here's the quote that has really been um, on my mind over the last 12 hours. So LBJ said, if you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. One, I think that we can generalize like the lowest man period. Um, and I think that if you give the lowest man anything to look down on, whether it's gay people, black people, um, immigrants, any of these things, then you can pick his pocket. Mm. And for me, picking his pocket generalizes to so many other mm. things in politics and legislation in um you know socio and and so and social and cultural standards yeah so you know what this reminds me of i remember when during the trump administration and even now we still see it with people who believe that he's still the president the general demographic of those people are poor white people who politically socially are treated very similarly to other marginalized groups specifically other racially but they're just reminded marginalized that they're groups. white exactly and they're only reminded that they're white by other white people when it comes to class and classism i don't think we talk about classism enough but that's besides the point so to your point, this is spot on. It makes me think of this where I think us as black women, we finally have someone to other. Mm-hmm. And not even finally, because one of the, the, the intersections I don't think I talk enough about is um, ableism. But we finally have someone to other enough that like, we can now do the oppressing. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that motivation comes from? Like hit from a... The plantation. Histor- <laughs> I was just about to say, from a historical standpoint. The yeah. plantation. Can you elaborate on that for the listeners? Um, it's probably going to take me a minute to get my thought together on that one. Because I'm just thinking about the strategic and psychological um the strategic psychological effort that was put toward 
um, separating the ones in the field and the ones in the house, mm. the light ones and the dark ones, the um, pickers versus the overseers, mm. the like all of these uh, all of these separations and really classes. Yeah. Back then, I really think that it's just bled into our the black community over generations and generations. Yeah. What is that like? Um, I think I always get this wrong. Crabs in a barrel. Like yeah. that kind of mentality where like I think sometimes we forget we're all in this. Is proverbial? Is that the word I'm looking for? Barrel? Mm-hmm. And I think that there is something. We, I talked about this a little bit at the beauty shop. If we're not careful, there is something so in our minds like liberating about like being the one right or like not being like this whole Carly Russell thing is a prime example where they're like she made the black community look bad no she she didn't didn't. no she's an individual person right and there's thousands of other black women missing or black people missing right it is not because of Carly lying that they're not looking for them right but when a young bullied lone wolf goes in and shoots up a church the that. white community as a whole does not have to answer for him. Yes. And it's just, it's, and I, th- I think what's really scary right now with this whole black, like women being transphobic is I, from, from the vitriol, like that I'm seeing in these comments, there is this, women. yeah, there mm-hmm. is, I think this, this, this reckoning that has to happen where we all do need to answer to this like disgust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, and I just kind of wonder if like that also my feelings about that is also feeding into the white supremacist notion that like Jess represents all of us and her views mm-hmm. represent all of us. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's very scary people with these microphones these Truly. days being able to say, especially with this big influence, like, Truly. It's terrifying. And I don't know. I feel like I'm almost like contradicting myself being like, Carly's an individual. And Jess is like speaking for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how to, how to really like, I guess. I think, for, well, I, I kind of base it on like the, the, the commentary. Yeah. Right. Because I've seen more people, black people damning Carly yeah yeah then those who were asking questions yeah you know what's going on in the relationship what's going on at work what's going on with your mental health what's Talk going on? On. i was praying for you i'm sorry but were you but also and if you were really praying then baby that prayer continues because she was alive <laughs> like your prayer, prayer was answered like whether she like you right. I just um yeah and and then with the just hilarious thing same thing for me, I based on the commentary. If I look at if I look at the comments and the collective, is like, yeah, girl, you're right. That wasn't a real woman. And I'm like, yeah. That's the dangerous part. I feel like that should be like the title of this episode. Like something about the comment section. Like not looking at the comment section is self care. I have to stop. It's like it. I mean, literally, the whole reason why I randomly hit record is because I was so angry looking at the comments. And I'm like, I can't, because it's like I know what I'm gonna see. Yes. Like I. Yes. But as a but as a cis woman, I feel like it is my responsibility 
to advocate for the love and the acceptance and the protection of my trans brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, self-care, like this shit is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And like, everything is so sadly protected under freedom of speech mm-hmm. that like... But they also uh, don't realize how it just further... Fucks Degrades them. the... Yeah, yeah, that. And it just... It just, de- it just does more damage for the collective. Mm. Because baby, if we were to go at war to go to war, guess what? You're going to need all of us. All. Everybody. And we are at war. And I think that's the thing where I'm like, you all, you all literally were not on this soapbox when they were talking about and successfully ruined Roe versus Wade, something that, that literally that. attacked your womanhood. Like Right, 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 right. We are literally, you say it all the time, I believe if I'm not mistaken, and I need to, I should like Google this before I say it, but I don't want the the keys to be clicking. <laughs> I believe it's like the trans community makes up for sure less one, than five percent. I'm gonna give it to you. One point six percent. Like, do people understand we are arguing one point six percent against one <sighs> and I believe the gay community makes up about twelve, the gay black community makes up about five. All of this, and this energy. has been like a steady trend over decades and decades and decades. And so I'm like, I don't, and th- and that goes back to when I was talking about the media and fear mongering. Yeah, is because if you if you listen to the media and you were to guess, like you know how they do those street interviews, like yes, <laughs> yes. what do you think the population of gay? And you were to yeah. do something like that on the streets, I guarantee you, people would give an astronomical number, yes. yeah, based on what they see. In the media. 100%. If you're in the media, whatever it is in the media. So true. Social media, like, like overestimates. It reminds me, this is getting all nerdy, but, like, behavior analysis as far as, like, our um, data collection. It 100%, like, overestimates the amount of data that we're seeing. And it, like, creates this, like, false reality that, mm-hmm. like, as soon as you walk outside, like... Mm-hmm. You're it's kind of like the quicksand thing when we were kids. Yes. <laughs> like we really thought quicksand oh my gosh, was going to be, as much as we heard about it, read about it, we really thought quicksand was going to be an issue. You know what that makes me think of? This is such a side tangent, but it's relevant. What? The Jaws effect. How like sharks are not scary creatures. I mean. And how all of us. Well, no, I just read what, this whole right, article but about it. the likelihood, it. yes. Yes. Like how many humans are attacked a year and the likelihood of, them, of a human being You know attacked what I'm saying? Is far like yes i just read this whole and i was like oh my god like i saw jaws like one time as a kid (laughs) and i've been terrified of sharks ever since but i think that that is such a good and you're more likely to get stung by a freaking jellyfish out there. you know what i mean in a bee yeah or (laughs) like truly it's crazy and it's and it's and it's it's stuff like that so when you can that's why i say fear fear it's deep. I think especially, too, when you throw in religion, especially Truly. Christianity, specifically Truly. within the black community, the stronghold of homophobia within Christianity. And, and you is, know, I and think that goes back like you were teen typing fast on oof, this pissed um, yes. on this thing. And then I just happened to come across this this really home and usually I try to keep it light on social media I'm like you know I'm memes and yeah yeah and uh, funny reactions and stuff like that 
just because I feel like my days of arguing on social media just really Dead. should be behind me at this point. Yeah. But today, but the 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 conviction mm. with which this gentleman capitalized <laughs> his that, letters. Yeah. So today what, really just bothered me. What was the background on that? So I think you said it started with. This um, Jamal Bryant, Pastor Jamal yes, Bryant. Yes, this pastor. He was apologizing to someone in the in the um, black church community for how the black church has treated the gays um, over time. And this um, pastor, mm. I want to say, he might be a bishop, gets on the internet and is like, "I don't, you know, so and so doesn't speak for me. We will." Ne-, and he in, in in capital letters, he's like, "We will never apologize." Mm. And this is a man who gets in the pulpit and is supposed to be preaching the word. This is a man who gets in the pulpit and is supposed to be preaching love. Mm. Not only that, and usually I wouldn't comment, but I today I just it's it the fact that he just had to use those exclamation points and the capitalization like that just really kind of hurt my feelings. I was like, why is he <laughs> this serious <laughs> about this? So mad. <laughs> yeah. And so of course, so I so I go to the original because this is shared in this um this social media Christian uh, Facebook group that Cam and I are in. And um, so I go to the original post. Culturally Christian. Yeah, culturally Christian. Because I just want to be very clear (laughs) on that. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, And so I go to the original post, and I had to comment on it because one of the things I don't, that I will forever, just, I don't understand, and it's so strange to me, is the obsession Mm. And I'm gonna call I I'm gonna call it an obsession. The obsession that the black, straight, and religious mm-hmm. um, community has with the gay community, yeah. a community that, that is that is such a small percentage of the population. Yeah. I, I I like I I don't I don't understand. And people are there like, well, I you know this this lifestyle, this is lifestyle that. And I said this um, at Baba, is that okay if gay couples. Gay couples buy homes, start businesses, go to school, go to work, travel, visit in-laws, fellowship, pick up hobbies, so on and so all these all the same things yeah. that our heterosexual counterparts do. Yeah. Yet we are focusing on the same small ass percentage yep. of bedroom time yep. that our heterosexual counterparts also engage in i'm like so if being gay is a lifestyle by this list of comparisons here then also being straight should be considered being a lifestyle because it's literally the same or we're just focusing on this this small piece yeah like we're just going to obsess over sex again it goes back to that whole like i need a way to other you because only when i can create a difference can i then create systematic oppression absolutely like if you and i have too much in common like it wouldn't make sense for me to like there's no actively like yeah yeah, oppress myself yeah yeah and so i said okay cool i said if you don't accept it cool that's that's perfectly fine if your goal is to run the gays out of the church cool mission accomplished but why on earth would you sit in the pulpit and preach about this topic to a whole bunch of straight people every other sunday like what at this point what's the goal yep i think that's what's also really interesting especially with christianity being a very unique religion in that 
one of the primary tenets of it is to seek for others to like, like is to, is to bring others into this religion. Right. So I think what's really interesting is finding reasons about people, like things that are wrong with them to not like to, to like not have them be welcome in your religion. It just feels also like very counterproductive and contradictory. Right. It's very strange. Um, so did he comment? Did the pastor comment under you? Who oh, not yet. It's just like within the hour. Gotcha. So, but he's been responding to people. So that's actually one of the reasons I responded to, because I just need to know, not need to know, but I just, I'm interested in his, I'm just interested, I'm just interested in, in his thoughts. What kind of comments is he saying to people? So first of all, are people agreeing with it under his post? Uh, it's kind of an even mix. Okay. Um... And the people who are agreeing with it, like, what are they saying? So, someone said, pastors have more drama than us. Jeez. Um, so, someone said, you stand with name calling in the pulpit. Because I guess um, the gentleman was called a sissy boy. Mm. Uh, the person that Jamal Bryant was talking to? Mm-hmm. And then someone else said, this ain't the love thy neighbor, hate the sin, love the sinner Jesus was talking about. Which is problematic in and of itself, Lord, but I guess we'll just let him cook. And then, well, this was like the, uh, somebody was disagreeing with his statement. Because she's like, this is not. I hear you, oh, but oh, oh. being gay also isn't a sin. Oh, but you yeah, get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah absolutely, absolutely. I, I I, mean, I feel like she, that's, that's a good start. That, I was somewhere. just about to say. I was just about to say that. I was like, I feel like that's like their like a good start. <laughs> their shaping procedure. They have to start somewhere, and they they start with that. Right. Um. Someone said, "Yeah, he doesn't speak for me either." Uh, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I'm not gonna agree with sin. Mm. Um. And because I love my my homosexual family so much, I tell them the truth because I know. That lifestyle has consequences. Mm. So there's like, it's, it's kind of an even mix. Okay, and then what's he saying back to them? That's like just hilarious. Somebody said, when he said we would never apologize, somebody said, y'all need to. <laughs> and he just responded and said, we won't. He said, we say what the Bible says. All right. Say it, Lord, I guess. Um, can you go under Jess Hilarious's Instagram? So... I wonder if people are commenting under her Instagram and what they're saying, even though we literally just said, like, protect your peace, girl. Don't check the comments. But I'm really curious because I feel like she said it in a story. I don't know if she actually, like, put it on, like, her page front. But I'm curious about what people are saying. As soon as I found out that it was uh, something that was transphobic, I I didn't even. Good for you. Don't start now. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, don't start now. It's triggering. God, there are like 58,000 comments on this thing. Is that the video? Yeah. Well, for the sake of trigger warnings to everyone, because everyone should be, like, should be, like, it should be triggering for everyone, like, not just people within the trans community. We won't play the video. But ha are, are you seeing any comments where people are trying to check her? And is she also responding or no? Um, 
it, there's a lot going on, honestly. There's a lot of ignorance in here. Wow. Um, one, I just scrolled up on the first sensible comment, and someone said, your womanhood is yours, and it can't be taken away from you by anyone. That. Um, she says, a lot, of you, a lot of you guys seem threatened by trans people, and I'm not quite understanding why. What is the worst case scenario of accepting people being kind and minding your business? Mm. You know, one of the things I would love is to have a both a black trans woman and a black trans man on the show. Because one of the things that I would love to talk about are like their firsthand experiences being black and trans. Like mm. we have that firsthand experience of being black and gay. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had a trans person on here, but who was not black. And so I'm really, really curious. So if anybody is listening to this and you'd be comfortable coming on the show um, to talk about, you know, your experience being specifically black and trans, that would be amazing. Yeah. The same, the same commenter, because someone ignored everything else she said and went to the accepting part. And she's like, we don't have to accept it. And so she's like, if people really cared, they direct their attention to the real threat of our reproductive rights with the uh, Supreme Court, which, to that, your point, yeah. That is crazy. It's very crazy. All right. Well, thank you for, because um, <laughs> I want to tell them how this happened. I've been <laughs> so mad. Yeah. I've literally been mad all day. And I was like, I want to talk about this. Um, so thank you for being willing to this has helped me kind of de-escalate a little bit um it's just really really sad it's really really sad um yeah I don't I wish I had like a a closing like remark that was like uplifting or anything like that but I think that as a community of black people um we need to do better in this regard for anybody who is not black listening to this and you've made it this far, um, understand that, you know, like I said in the beauty shop, all of this has been rooted from your people. And so I think it's really just a call to action for us to really first seek understanding, um, consent, especially first, if you're going to be talking specifically to trans people about like their experiences um but research right like look things up research how you can be just a loving supportive human being to this marginalized community create ways within yourself to become and to continue to always be a safe space for people i cannot overstate that this is suicide prevention and this is homicide prevention um and to just hilarious please understand nothing about you is funny and the sad part is is that you've probably been a victim of being talked about due to some of your features that people consider masculine and that may be where all of this is coming from but you need to fucking seek help, seek help, get a fucking therapist, talkspace.com. Amen.
All right, y'all, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me on Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis, the podcast where pop culture and ABA meet. Bye.